0: Well, hello, everybody. This is Tim Green with Rattle Magazine. Welcome to Rattlecast number 134. So glad you could join me. We have a great show for you today. Um, Kashyana Singh is our main guest. She'll be here in just a few minutes. But before I begin, I should say that Rattle is a publication of the Rattle Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit working to promote the practice of poetry. We've been in continuous publication since 1995 and are unaffiliated with any other organization. We just do it because we love poetry, and I know you do too. So please do click the like button and share. Make sure you're subscribed. Leave reviews if you're watching this later on iTunes. Uh, Whatever you can do to help spread stuff around the Internet, that is what we appreciate because we love poetry here, and I know you do too. Um now like I mentioned today's guest is Kashana Singh, but first we're gonna to talk to today's poet, um Tatiana Delgushna. And um here she is, Tatiana. Um hello Tatiana, how you doing?
1: Hi Tim. I'm good.
0: Yeah, it's it's great to see you. And, and this was um um and, you know it's been such a, a trying week for the whole world as we watch what's going on in the Ukraine. And um and, and there were so many poems submitted. And this was one of those poems, I always have like the goosebumps test. When a poem sort of makes me get a little shiver of um, of, of truth sort of dropped on me, um, that's one of the poems that I know we should publish. And this was one of those poems. And, and it's the way you start out too. Uh, when Americans think about war, they think about men with guns and soldiers and uniforms. That kind of um it is how we think about war, but that's not how the, the, the world experiences war in a lot of ways. Can you talk a little bit about, about your experience and how the poem came to be?
1: Uh yes, of course. Um my experience uh is that I am um I'm a refugee of the Soviet Union collapse in the nineteen nineties. Um which I feel very I was a child and I feel very similar to what I'm seeing right now. Um, so there's a lot of feelings that are coming back about the displacement and the loss of home, the loss of family, um, the loss of country. Uh, so it's not just uh, me or my family or others that had to flee back then. And what I'm seeing is happening now, but it's also the culture and the country are changing, collapsing. Ukraine is no longer going to be the same as it was.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Russia um, isn't going to be the same. And it's very similar to what happened in the 90s where my country, the Soviet Soviet Russia, disappeared. One day it just was not there anymore. And that um, created all kinds of effects, economy collapsed, violence, gangs. Everyone was on their own. Um, It was chaotic and there was millions of people also left um, for survival. So there's so much that is happening today that I'm feeling in my bones as to what happened to me and so many others not that long ago. Um, So this isn't just a new thing, this is in our history, in the Soviet and the Slavic people's history, and it goes even beyond that. I mean, the entire Soviet Union was um, full of um, human rights violations and horrible, horrible acts of violence against people because of politics.
0: Hmm. and um and I noticed that you're um a, a bird biologist um now and a poet too, which is always interesting um and, and you wrote uh, several poems um, um this week with, given the events going on. um What was it like how often do you write poetry, and, and what made you sort of turn to so much poetry at this time? Is that something that you write frequently, or is that um something that you, you don't do that often and, and because of what's going on that you, you found
1: yourself doing that? No, I actually I have been writing for a long time. I have an MFA from Oregon State University, and I'm working on a book about my story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of my poetry I've been writing on this subject of of um, of my displacement and my loss, and how I'm healing um, post immigration journey and post childhood trauma, which is what happened, which is what war is. It's, it's trauma. Mm -hmm. And I've been for several years writing specifically on the topic of, of this thing that happened to me, um, as a child. So I was a child and, and I'm trying to process, um, what all happened? What exactly happened then when I was seven, eight, nine, four, five years old? Because a child experiences um, the world differently and war differently. So, what I'm seeing now, all those photos of children on trains and buses on foot fleeing their home, I I feel what is going to happen to them. I feel that forever from today and forever, they will feel displaced. They will feel a forever foreigner and forever missing, um, either missing themselves and or missing parts inside of them. And that is truly has been very triggering and horrible about what's happening now and now. Being able to like witness it through media, like photos and videos. Um, and the news is that I just, I know those children, they haven't lived life just like I didn't live life when we, when all that happened in the 90s. And so their, their new w- world concept of, or life concept is war. Mm-hmm. This is the default, the base of everything from now on, how they will see life and it's so unjust and it's so unfair Mm -hmm. and it is all because political gains.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the, the most touching and and sad photographs I saw was, um, one of the, the teachers teaching, you know, on the floor in the subway with the, you know, elementary students around. And, and, um, it's just, just heartbreaking to think about and And, um, You know, the poem captures so well your experience and and helps us understand what it was like to, to live through that. So thank you for sharing it. Do you want to go ahead and read it?
1: Yes. Actually, let me pull it up here. I don't have it. When war makes a child. When Americans think about war, they think about men with guns and soldiers in uniforms. When I think about war, I think about packing suitcases I think about food shortages. I think about the economic collapse. I think about my grandmother, the one we had to leave behind. The one whose mother moved her from town to town until they didn't see a war anymore. The one who was left an orphan in the middle of Siberia with her 13-year-old sister to take care of her. When I think about war, I think about the cold walls of apartment buildings. I think about no heat in the house. I think about hotel rooms. I think about having to learn a new language in order to survive. When I think about war, I think about being a child and standing on the coast of an ocean where the wind blows just enough to make one paranoid, just enough to feel like war is right around the corner, right around and behind you, touching you.
0: Yeah, Tatiana, thanks so much for sharing that poem um, with everybody. It's just such a, that ending especially is so moving. Um, I appreciate it. Thanks for for joining us and for writing that poem.
1: Thank you, Tim. It's an honor to be able to share my work and and have others feel um, what I'm feeling and Whoa. what many others are feeling.
0: Yeah, well, it's an honor to have you. Thank you again. Um Thank you. we're going to go to a quick break and then we're going to get to our main guest Kashiana Singh. So sit tight and uh, I will put on a little bit of music and we will be right back. And we're back. Thanks for your patience as we, uh, get to Kashyana Singh. Kashyana is a management professional by job classification and a work practitioner by personal preference. Kashyana's TEDx talk was dedicated to work as worship. Her poetry collection, Shelling Peanuts and Stringing Words, presents her voice as a participant and an observer. Kashyana's latest full-length collection, Woman by the Door, is a knitted collage of poems rooted in lived experiences and saturated with the poet's varied sensibilities and influences. Her poems have been published on various platforms, including Poets Reading the News, Visual Verse. Oddball Magazine, Rattle Number Seventy Three, Poets Respond, as well, and elsewhere. Kashana lives in Chicago. And carries her various geopolitical homes within her poetry. And I forgot to ask you this before, Kashyana. So hello for, to you first of all.
3: Hello. Thanks for having me, Tim. Yeah. So I,
0: th- I think you moved to North Carolina, right? So I should. Yes, okay. I did.
3: That's okay, right? She- I carry Chicago within me, so it's perfectly yeah. all right.
0: Well, well, I have the. Um, see, I just grabbed the bios from people's websites, and I, but I put um, North Carolina underneath your you on the screen, <laughs> so people know where
3: you are. Perfect. I'm actually calling in from Boston right now. Oh, are so you? It doesn't matter.
0: See so I, see. normally I check with people before and when we did a little little practice call I forgot to ask you uh, so you're not actually in it so we're we're deceiving the world by call, saying you're in north Carolina, but yes, that's okay
3: Exactly <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: So how you doing
3: I'm doing really well. Uh, thank you for having me. And what a what a poem that was! Uh, Tatiana's poem was just stunning.
0: Yeah, we've been just, just it's amazing the the number of poems and the quality are just amazing about uh, over the last week. It feels a lot like um, the the pandemic start era where we were getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of poems for a uh, poet respond, and there's so much good stuff because people turn to poetry in the yeah. um, in, in yeah. times of need and, and when things are difficult, uh, we turn to poetry. So it's, it's mm-hmm. nice to see that and, um, and, and really great art comes out of um, tragedy. It really does, no uh, which question. we maybe talk about later as your um, work for uh, Poetry in the News. But um, for now, let's start out with a poem. Uh, what do you want to read first?
3: Hard to choose, but I'm going to go with um, the poem on page five. And it's called, In My Nani's House, Kurds and Wei Were a Religion. I'll put it up here. Give me a minute. You have it, Tim? Yeah, I do. Okay. This is from the first section of the book. It's one of the first few poems. And I'll go ahead and read it. And We'll talk about anything that you have later. Uh, In my nani's house... And waiver religion is the title of the poem. Rendered warm, the milk in homage to perfect temperature, every drop just enough, dripping a muted prayer on Nani's wrist. Stately, it would reside on the dining table in a glazed terracotta pot, its tenderness an immaculate gospel. Spoonful smooth like rays of moon, and attentive healing of my acidic chest, kindness revealed after rested nights. Persisting in pause at patience in my nani's house, sallow in its maturing, whisked tidily into incubation. The ritual of curd-making harnessed my attention for precision and process for transformation. An unveiling of the delectable aphrodisiac on alabaster mornings, always a ceremony. I have failed to assemble curd like that. Mine settles in waterful, in watery mouthfuls of regret. It tastes hollow like an afterthought forgetting to tighten its surface muscles. It collects itself It collects into itself, refusing to be real curd, metamorphosized. I have tried so much to do what Nani did, but the curd I make always looks like half-fulfilled wishes, as if it is telling me to have more patience, wants me to breathe in, breathe out, and stir the silence. The chewy curd I assemble is reluctant, uncondensed, unlike the metabolic grace in my nanny's house. Sometimes, I wish I had stood beside her more often, watched her more closely, her eyes an emblem of Agni, Akash and expanse in her arms. I wish I knew then that she was Prithvi, holding hostage and intoxication. I wish I had gathered stillness. I wish I had surrendered my questions to making of curd. There she is, looking at me sideways, sari pallu sweeping to her waist, a shining plait, pomegranate lips. Curds and whey in my nanny's house.
0: Yeah, that was in my, in my nani's house. Curds and whey were a religion uh, from Woman by the Door. It's a new book by Kashyana Singh. Um, so that, that poem sort of, um, hits really, it's a great poem to start with because it hits on the central theme of the book. And I think all of your work, there's a way that you, um, seem to be focused on, on a philosophy, like, like, like poetry is a vehicle for your philosophy and life is maybe what I'm kind of sensing from reading your work and looking at what you've done. And that philosophy is of, um, making, I don't know. There's a way that poetry itself sort of translates the, the mundane into the sacred, and and there's and 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 that's what you seem to be talking about most is is how you know you have a TED talk um, which is really interesting to watch um, about about work is worship and yeah. um, and bringing worship into our daily lives and the regular things that we do seems to be really central to to your thinking. Can you talk a little bit about that and what inspired the book and and how it came to be?
3: You're awesome. I'm amazed you like landed, zeroed in on that, of course you are, right? You, you read and do thousands of poems, but yes, you, you're you right. Um, this particular poem, obviously, right at the surface, you can call it a memory poem, right? You can call it a kitchen poem. Uh, you can call it a poem about relationships, of course. Um, but two, two things, and I'll come to your point about workers' worship is, I am also very thoughtful about the fact that I, Kashyana, I'm a fusion of all my sensibilities and geographies. The language and the words and the content I bring to my to my page uh, comes from all the places that I have directly or indirectly been influenced by, and that could be words, it could be language, it could be content, it could be Kurds cur- and way coming to the table. And I don't want to be apologetic about that, but actually lean into that. So that's one. Yes, the answer to your point about sacred spiritual, I am personally not a religious person, but I'm a person of strong faith uh, and spiritual uh, leaning because of the belief in the higher power of the universe. I was surprised Tim we are you and I are both editors and all the editing when we the, one of the first things you do when you edit a book is to check which word is repeated. Right, multiple times. Mm-hmm. And actually, I just realized a couple of days ago that the word prayer gets repeated throughout the book, like maybe 15, 16 times. Mm-hmm. And that never came through in the editing that I did or somebody, because probably it was so inherent to the spirit of what that poem was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, work is worship, and the TED talk is there. And of course, it's. It, I don't want to be dismissive about things like work-life balance (laughs) that people have to find or maintain, but I believe and want to live uh, through my poetry and otherwise the mantra of if you can find moments and not the bigger, not the capital H happiness, but the small H happiness that comes through moments of worship. yeah, so,
0: in your day-to-day. So can you so how do you come to poetry? Um is it something I I saw you recently moved to United States from from India, um and, and you have an interesting background. So so how was it that poetry came to be a central part of your life?
3: That's that's always a hard question, right? <laughs> it's hard to say like, oh, it was at that point in time that I decided that now poetry is going to be central. I know it is central, I know it helps. Ground and anchor me, whether it's through transitions, uh, whether it's through different places and movements or transitions of your body and soul. Uh, but poetry has been a part of so first of all, culturally, the oral tradition is really strong, mm-hmm. right? We grow up We grow up listening to poetry in an oral form. Right. The, the story of gods and goddesses, Ramayan, Mahabharata, the Sikh, the Sikh actually, which is the community I belong to, is, has pro, has, is just poetry. It is a conglomeration of poets that different saints and gurus put together. So part one, you grow up with that. So it's almost organically you're speaking, learning, hearing poetry around you in some shape, manner and form. Formally, I started writing early, uh, like, like I hear many of the other poets state. Uh, and I was introduced to the oral. My dad was very fond of reading or reciting, as he used to call it earlier. And Casablanca and Oh Captain, My Captain are the two poems I still remember by heart because he instilled it and distilled it in us in terms of learning and repeating it. And then, of course unlike not unlike many others i had a teacher in middle school who kind of saw all of that Mm -hmm. and then made sure she honed that craft and i started writing and publishing etc so that's that's the story and i do think both my dad the oral tradition but also that particular teacher played a very strong role
0: Mm -hmm. um well let's hear another poem Um, but first uh, there's some clicking on the line i think the um
3: let me let me try the microphone again and adjust the position of the phone okay, a little Yeah, and yeah Maybe better.
0: that. Yeah, the, the sound is much better with the microphone. It's yeah. just like I think there's some static okay. um where where it hangs or something. But but anyway, I, I don't wanna I don't want to distract you though during the okay. whole show. Yeah. Um but but yeah, now now it's good if you if you um I guess keep I'll it. I'll try bit, and hold it yeah, bit, yeah, yeah, sorry for the trouble.
3: <laughs> no problem. Um, yeah. But
0: anyway, do you wanna read the next poem?
3: Yes, I will go into the next poem. Um I think I will read a poem which is on page 21. It's called Love Poem for All My Women. I'll jump in. Uh, actually, before I jump in, it, it's, it is Love Poem for All My Women. The, the title of the book is Woman at the Door. It could be any, it could be a woman at the door. It could be the different, the different images and the different uh, roles we assume, the different avatars we assume over our lifetime at the door, uh, but it also could be the many shape sizes of women around me. So that's, that's really what this poem goes to as well. I'll jump in. Love poem for all my women. She spoke through her handicraft of crocheted moments, stitching distances. She comforted ghosts of growing arcs, fears gathered into her paisley shawls. She tasted for us in small bites which her fingers broke into unaware mouths. She wove pearls, starlight into blankets that covered our fevers, craved warmth. She held our whispers inside the silent sun and lulled them to sleep in a hush. She tidied our glances and our mess in unison with her tiptoed manners. She adequately measured moon dust in ample spoonfuls of unlikely herbs. She embellished marooned memories, a feather stitch piercing into their hems. She made the night listen to chorus of infinite conversations between us. She claimed our faults like they were hers, Painting them into silk scarves. She grew our habits in precise ways, trimming rough edges as of hedges. She journaled in a cursive, so curiously alive on a page, making constellations. She became Shiva and his consort, too. If needed, she would awaken a thunder. She practiced mindfulness of single words. Collecting sugar, sugar, sugar. She is my equinox, balance, brimming with all seasons. I hold my axes in her.
0: And that was a love poem for all my women. Again, from uh, Woman by the Door, Kashyana Singh's newest book. And um, and so that's another poem that's just exemplar of the way that the the book operates, which is sort of praising. It, they're a book of praise poems it, it feels like too, like praising moments and praising people and and um in our hand in it. how much of that is is intentional is that I, I i don't know I was looking back, I was looking at your work and, and some of the interviews you've done, and things like that, and somewhere you said, and I couldn't find it again, and I didn't write it down the time <laughs> but um there was something where you, it felt like like you were very consciously using poetry as a vehicle uh, for for I can't remember exactly what you said. I wish I could. But, mm-hmm. but there's a way that you're using poetry as a tool to share um, yep. something intentional more than than sort of most poets seem to be you know, engaging with the world through poetry in the sort of organic way. It seems like it was very conscious, the, the choices you're making. So can you explain why you made those
3: choices? Yes. And I like to call poetry, and I know you often have mentioned that as well, as a problem solving tool, right? Uh, which... Which is fine, but the difference may be, I don't think it's about the solution to the problem that I'm looking and bringing poetry. It's the process mm-hmm. of writing the poem and what you're going to do with that and when I, and the word problem" is not literal, right? It could be to your point. It could be a relationship, it could be a moment, uh, it could be a situation, it could be a transition, it could be loss, grief, etc. What you do with it through that poem is where I think the poem becomes the vehicle to transform that moment into something bigger and broader. Mm-hmm. And of course, also the other thing, which since you mentioned consciously is the personal and the, and the objective and the universal. I do, I am very conscious of that. And I said that earlier, like I, this poem had words like sugar, 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 sugar is nothing but gratitude. Uh, right mm-hmm. tandav and tandav is nothing when but what Shiva does when he's angry with what's going on and so I think the usage of words like that and hopefully uh people who read go and find and get deeper into those concepts that may arrive on the page in the form of a word that's that's what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. uh, obviously the There's never perfection in poetry, and it's a journey, right? Yeah. Well, let's uh,
0: let's hear another poem. Um, um, Next up was. um, Well, what do you want to do next? You can pick. Yeah.
3: Let me. uh, Let me go to. uh, Let me change a little. Let me go to. um, Let Let's go to just a process. After all, Uh, it's on page seventy-two. And the book, you probably mentioned it, Tim, is divided into three sections. The first section is Apertures, the second is Portals, and the third is Detours. Uh, and we read, we're reading poets from poems from all the sections, but each of them kind of transition and then come back full arc to the front. The first section is Memory, Childhood, uh, a few praise poems about people, the second section is transition, growth as an individual, uh, more surreal, uh, a little bit. And then there's poems of loss, grief, and almost full circle back to the the beginning of the book. But just wanted to mention that. I'll jump into the poem. And this one, I'll caveat. I have not read this poem out loud before. And it is, you'll understand why I might, I might have an emotional reaction to it, so bear with me if I don't. Just a process after all. The hustle of the five days after you, they prescribe 10 to 30 days of mourning, the completion of mandatory actions like curdled milk, ghee, oil lamps, candles, pristine sheets, Tilted tears, jasmine-filled condolences, food, and guests. Your hands placed in the position of prayer at the floor as the floor was sprinkled with water. Purification, release, rebirth. Meanwhile, a forgotten notebook still open at your desk your baritone voice barely gathered inside the cold walls of an urn. Cannot bring ashes home or keep the urn in your room. Ashes don't germinate, life. Ramification, release, rebirth. I feel you, almost grinning at the edge of the polished rim before the brass vessel bobbles away into the setting sun. The incense burns, sandalwood. Did you promise to reach me as soon as you arrive there? We gather at the dinner table, extended family and all, purgation, release, rebirth. Today, we serve rajma chawal. Tomorrow is chicken curry day exactly like you relish it, marinated overnight, well-washed, clean. I wish you could hear them asking me if I would write something about the process of putting away life. I wish you would come back, turn around for a day, so I could grab one soaked drop of your voice and nest its vibration within my ribcage salvation
0: and that was uh, just a process after all really touching poem from woman by the door um can you, uh, talk a little bit about your writing process one of the things that that stands out is there are a lot of variation in the ways that you write there there's sonnet or um, i mean haiku sequences yeah there are poems with um with short lines mixed about there's um there's some um what do you call it? concrete poems as well yeah Um, so, so how do you, how do you encounter a poem? If you decide that there's something you want to write about, like, what is your writing process like? Do you, um, do you write frequently? You know, how do you, how do you know how to shape a poem? what, What goes on?
3: Yeah, uh, I do write frequently. Um, a couple of years ago, I made it a habit to make writing the daily process. It's, it's hard. It's not like you've. You have inspiration to create perfection every day, but I do. I put something on the page every day. Uh, some of that also started with the habit of journaling. Um, not every journal entry is a poem, and not every poem is a journal entry. But there's some intermingling that happens with with that habit as well. So that's one. In terms of the rest of the process, and I'll come to I, I'll come to uh, the haiku point in a second here. But once the content is on the page, like first I I just let it go, right? Just just let it flow the way it it should flow or it wants to come to me. And I don't have control over that either, right? When it's coming and it's happening, then you don't really control uh, what's coming out. But it's the after process of editing, uh, even before you get to editing, it's the sound and sense of the poem Mm -hmm. uh, that I look for. And I do that by reading it out loud often uh, to myself, I do that when I read other work as well, Is I do like to read it out loud and question uh, what's there. And then I follow the, and this is a very business tool, but I do use it, which is the why, why, why process, right? So why does this need to be written? Why does it need to be written now? Why does it need to be written by me? Mm-hmm. And that helps either putting it in the junk bag, taking it further, uh, or maybe adjusting what needs to be said. And then the haiku, I came to haiku just a few years ago, um, and I'm glad I did Mm -hmm. (laughs) for so many reasons. Besides, of course, that it's such a beautiful, there's so much beautiful poetry to read in the haiku world Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't get exposed to if you weren't in the haiku community. Uh, But it also has taught me the process of reduction. Hmm. I think my own process of reduction has improved uh, as I've started doing uh, writing, learning, reading haiku. And then lastly, to your earlier question, haiku connects back to the point about spiritual connections to daily moments and whether it's nature or otherwise, Mm -hmm. right? Haiku, tanka, haibun, whichever form you do it. And that's really what it's all about, right? The Japanese poetry is all about life and how you translate that into a small three line
0: form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that coming to haiku recently because it feels like you're that that was the interesting contrast reading the book is that you feel I would say like you're a maximalist poet like for a lot of the poems <laughs> and then then you get to the,
3: Suddenly. the
0: <laughs> and then you like it's stripped down into the the minimalism in the in the haiku sequence. Um do you find that 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 more comes out that way or do you think or is the process the same and then you strip it down to the haiku? Um, Mm
3: -hmm. both Mm -hmm. sometimes it's very intentionally like this is going to be a the the haiku like the the one that series that got published in the rattle and we'll probably read it normal which is around the peak of the pandemic Mm -hmm. that was intentionally haiku i approached it as haiku but it does happen that i've put something on a page and i realized like Crap, 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 and I, I get the the, the haikus out of it. So it's both.
0: Okay. Um, well, if anybody has any questions for Cassiana, leave them in the sh- in the chat windows, and I will pass them along. Uh, let's hear another poem, though, and just say the uh, that clicking I realized is actually the microphone hitting the necklace. That's what it is. <laughs> of course so it's not it
4: static. Is, right?
3: Yeah. <laughs> of course it is. I will hold it. No, no problem. No problem. Because I'm not removing my necklace. For sure. <laughs> no, <sorry. laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Do you, want, do you want to go to another? Poem? Yeah.
0: Yeah. What do you want to read next?
3: Let's, since you're talking haiku, let's do the haiku. Let, uh, I'll read normal, which is page 81. Okay. Is it better when I hold it?
0: It just, is. Yeah. yeah. It, it's okay. just, a, just it, when you move, the, it yeah. guy clicks yeah. against the necklace. Yeah. yeah.
3: Normal. Rare blue moon. Another ambulance and blue lights. Rare blue moon, another ambulance and blue lights. Obituaries, age, color, caste, no bar. Obituaries, age, color, caste, no bar. Tourist season, an empty colosseum of silent coffins. War zones, a worldwide bunker of chaos. War zones, a worldwide bunker of chaos. Shallow breaths, grandma whispers a final blessing. Shallow breaths, grandma whispers a final blessing. Cancelled flights, the Godwit migrates again this year. Cancelled flights, The godwit migrates again this year. Ocean waves, the dip and rise of economics. Normal. This is the haiku series that you had published.
0: Yeah, this was part of a poets respond, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was a, a pandemic haiku sequence, and and I I love the different angles. Haiku is such a great way of looking at things through you know very precisely from different directions, and that's what this this sequence does. Um, so that sort of brings up another topic, though, is that you're an editor at um, Poets Reading the News, and um, have been doing that for I think um, a year or so. Uh, two plus years. Two plus years, yeah. So, what has your experience been like with that, and and why did you get involved? Um, because I think, um, it's been around for for like maybe six or seven or eight years, right?
3: Yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um. So, so what made you get involved, and in, and in, in what's your experience been like with that?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, I got yes, it's two two approximately two years. Um, they had I I got published with them, uh, and then they had an opening for an editor and I just applied. The reason I wanted two things, why did I want to do the editor hat is, because I think it hones your craft differently when you're sitting at the other side of the table and the chance to read so much poetry, as you always said, will never happen in any other way as, except when you're doing something that's time-bound and you're coming to it like again, like worship again, because you're, you're not reading for pleasure, you're reading because it's your task and job to do it, but you also enjoy it. So that's mm-hmm. why I wanted to do the editor. Why Poets Reading the News and the Association is I, um, I love the connection of journal, it's like Poets Respond, right? The journalism and poetry connection uh, was very special uh, to me and different as compared to the mainstream uh, journals or other editor positions that I could have gone to. Uh, it's been an outstanding experience for that very reason one the years the last two years have had so much mm-hmm. right yeah. whether it's the pandemic or the insurrection or everything happened in, in the global uh, scenario as well he, he, my home country india has had just political right upheaval in, in its own ways and i know we've read a few poems on poetry reading and points respond mm-hmm. tim as well but the biggest learning and the biggest Enriching factor from that association has been how like Tatiana's poem, right? How people come to these call for response, but the poem itself could be about a bird, mm-hmm. about a about a butterfly, right? About a child that's crying. Uh, and yet the essence of the gravity and the gravitas of that moment comes through and so the beauty of learning that through other people's craft uh, is has been very enriching and i've made my own notes along the way every day so i kind of keep two things one is the editor response and i keep my own notes on the side because it's 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 like a mini mfa right mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's teaching you <laughs> Yeah
0: so um one of the things that I find with um poet respond is because the news is so politicized. I mean it's always political and there's right. always um and, and so a lot of our responses end up being um you know po- polemics I guess or or you know we have our opinions about things and then we're mm-hmm. sharing those rather than um sort of exploring the 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 world through poetry. I think and and there's a real right. clear distinction I think a lot of the submissions that that we get um, you know, tend to just have such a such a strong perspective to start with that they don't like go anywhere. I guess maybe is a way to put it. Do you yeah. find that too? Is that something that yes. you look for when yes. you're reading submissions?
3: Yes, absolutely. Right, which is why I was kind of referring to. They talk about other things, but not my opinion on the situation <laughs> on the call itself, right? But it, yes, there is a lot of that that comes across, and I think it's almost there's so much that people just need to purge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so they need to put it on paper and that calls that call for, for uh, input serves as a pur- purging process for lots of people and that's okay and appreciated. But to your point, it may not be the poem you mm-hmm. want to publish. Uh,
0: yeah, it's you know. just something I always wonder about though, because poetry, you know, as a vehicle for messaging is something, you know, like, I mean, Plato kicked poets out of his <laughs> his, yes. uh, Republic or whatever, because of, because of the way they could manipulate yeah. messaging. Yeah. And there's yeah. a way that, that poetry can be used as a tool to spread your opinion. And I, so I wonder I don't know. There's something I'm always kind of confused about in my own opinions of how to run things is that like, like, should we push, you know, let people just share their, their sort of simple, I don't know how to put it, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I think of poetry as explorative, but poetry as a kind of messaging yeah. has a place too. And so, As a
3: revolution, as a, yeah. as a tool for revolution, as a tool for rebellion, right? Exactly, That's what it's yeah. always served mm-hmm. yeah. across the years. But you're right, we had that situation just around the election, of course, you, you had as well, is when the January of around that time, December, January, and we were, we had that actually, we got in a meeting and we had that exact dialogue as to how far do you go? Mm-hmm. Or do you not want to go? Or are you okay, right? Because that's really a position as a, as a paper, as a journal. Mm-hmm. So think that's a different topic, but it's it's an important one
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely is so so um and and what about the aspect too and I'm just, cause i 'm just because i haven 't talked to an editor on here um who does some, anything like this. Um, about like like some people feel like writing poems about current events are sort of exploitative like I've, I've even seen some people that talk about ukraine you know like this is the big news that everybody's talking about and so we're publishing poems like these so it's like oh look at me i'm writing a poem um and getting more clicks on our website or whatever um and
3: i don't know i, I mean
0: i disagree with that but but i'm wondering i disagree
3: what... too
0: <laughs> But I'm wondering I what disagree your thoughts are about that. Yeah.
3: Well, I disagree for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I, and you you do that all the time, right? Tim is the the two A's, which is the authenticity, and I don't you want to use the word appropriation, right? Because that's that's not relevant here. But the authenticity or the credibility in a poem will come through, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we'll go back to today's poem. Everyone may not have gone through what Tatiana went through and the poem, her poem was just the most powerful poem, of course, also because she brings herself to that page. Could somebody else write? Yes. Uh, does it need to be because it's taking advantage or because you truly want, right, to pick something from From what's going on in that situation and translate it into a different message Mm -hmm. for the world so i i yeah it's a hard balance but i i don't think it should be stopped and i think the poet who's submitting will know or should know it's up to the poet who's submitting to know Mm -hmm. whether you're being authentic or you're just writing for the sake of putting it out there because it's a topic
0: of the day. Right? Yeah. It's fashionable to do mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I, I think um authenticity is the perfect word and, and honesty too. I mean it feels like yes. you can just hear. It's almost like hearing like a melody or something and you know it's music. Like you right. can hear honesty in a voice. And and that's what I'm I'm listening for and, and trying to find some authentic grappling with a topic rather mm-hmm. than just presenting the topic. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, And
3: then the craft, right? mm -hmm. Like you you will ultimately, you are a poetry journal and you are using poetry. So how does that craft get used? Like is is there a unique use of language? Is there a a unique ending phrase? Like what does that person bring to the table Mm -hmm. about the craft as well?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very important. Um, Let's hear another poem.
3: Since we're talking political, uh, let's do, I'm looking for the... Page, one second, please. It's Portrait of a Mother in America, and it should be page 28, Yeah. yeah. Portrait of a Mother in America. You are an unstoppable maverick. You tenderly define the fossils we shall be. You are restless as you lie awake. Your forgiveness is now a lung emptied of breath. You are monastic as you listen to the bells ring, your joy transient in yet another uncounted night. You are a widow wailing at the steps of a lake, a practiced palanquin bearer of skinned surrender. You are a witch with long arms. They embrace bodies showered, from dilating skies. You are songwriter, fact narrator, watchwords are written in your inherited ink. You are awake, you awaken, teasing your dreadlocks into witness stands for the dead. You are yesterday's battles and tomorrow's cries. You beat in ballads, you rehearse poems to throbbing drums. You are louder with each breath. You penetrate a deafening normal inside and outside. You are repetition. You sketch a scroll that leaves scars on a country's cardboard map. You are hunger. Your sharp tongue bites into cornbread, ready again for another funeral pageantry. You are unabashed. You offer your breast to beating chests fostering care for conjugated loss. You are recursionated through our mistakes. Your prayer is a pause inside wakened throats. You are conversation to our silence. You pour questions into our coagulated eyes. You are a mosaic of common journey. Your pilgrimage is to places where multitudes died. You are sister. You are princess. You dance in compassion, holding your head high. You are your ancestors. You are, le- you are leader. You are healer. You make garments of their velvet, flagellated skins. You are language, farmer of roots. You nourish the irreverence of all marching youth. You are baptized. You are ostracized. You drink from the thirsty fountain of wakeful lives. You are time of all moonless times. You rudder the sea to the sky. You swallow meteorites. You are inadequate in your cones. You ache in psalms that sing into life and afterlife. You are relentless, a stitcher of quilts. You fill it with absence thread it with sinew of barren rooms. Yeah. portrait of a mother in america this was around the george floyd situation
0: yeah and one of my favorite poems in the book such a great litany the the rhythms in that are just amazing and um and the the way the, the, the details carry through the poem um the, the you're a mosaic of a common journey. I love that line too. And in in just the, that, that's one of the, the sort of central lines in the book, I kind of feel like, is that that's the woman by the door, the mosaic of a, of a common journey. Mm-hmm. um uh, we haven't really talked about the uh, you mentioned the sections um detours yeah. portals um apertures um how is the how did the book come to how did you f- come to that shape in the book um yeah w- was that something that you that it took a lot of time to to put together or did was that idea right away in the formation of the book originally
3: that's a great question and no it wasn't in the formation of the book originally um like i said i usually let let the poems happen. I don't start off with, oh, now I'm going to write the book. Though I do have a thought about my next project, but we can talk about that later, uh, which is the first time that I have it. Uh, But no, the book wasn't designed like that from the start. Uh, The book is a conglomeration of poems that got written in the last 10 years. So you mentioned I've been in the US for around that time and Most of these poems are written or they might have formed earlier, but came into shape around that time. So that's a common theme. They're not about events in the 10 years, but they're written in -hmm. the 10 years. So the perspective I have to events past is different because of the geographical distance, the physical distance, and my own transition as a woman and my being at the door myself. So the... The collect- so we, like we always do, right? I started to then put thematically together what it looks like. The one thought I had when the woman, when I got the title and when I started thinking about the shape of the book, is I wanted it to be something cinema ish right? <laughs> and that's where you see aperture and portal and detour because I do think our lives is a cinema-scape that you can almost play uh, in front of your eyes, and that was my vision. Uh, for the book but that and then the sections came about just because it was important for me to distinguish for myself and for the receiver of the book uh, the three sections because there is some distinctness even though there's a commonality and the arc closes mm-hmm. back so
0: um, there's a question here from uh, Dick Westheimer. How do the sounds uh, and music of Indian-inflected English um, vis-à-vis American-inflected English work in your poems? Is, is that that the music of the two different different voices? Is that something that how, how does that impact the poems?
3: That's like it's. Thank you for the question. Uh, it's a great question, and I, I smile because you said you use the word mosaic, right? I think it's all of it's both, mm-hmm. right? And it's there's probably a because remember the Indian English is as we study in our schools the influence is a lot of British English as well, right? So there's all of that that comes into play. Um, I don't consciously then come to the poem even later to say, oh, I want to keep this with the Indian aspect, and I could keep this with the no, that's not what I do. Uh, but I do know. And I've heard from people who've read it, including editors and early critics, who've said that both those flavors seep through. Um, And going back to my prior point, I'm very conscious about not being shy about the natural Indian musicality, sound sense words uh, to seep in, Mm -hmm. because that's the, to your point, that's the authenticity that I don't want to take away from, from my poetry.
0: That, that brings up something that I'm always interested in, too, is just how poetry is encountered in other cultures and other countries. And, and how, what was your experience of poetry like um, in India before you came here? I mean, uh, we, we've talked about with other guests before, because we had an Indian Poets mm-hmm. issue, and, and so it's come up a lot. But but the way that, um, you know, the, the, the various mosaic, to use that word again, of languages, yeah. um, in fe- mm-hmm. um, you know, affects the whole poetry world um, a very regional kind of way. And um, in sort of an immersive way, too, that, that poetry exists there. What, is, what was your experience of poetry before coming to the United States? Did you publish poems in India um, mm-hmm. before? Is that something you were doing regularly? And, uh, and yeah. what was it like? What, what is the state of poetry in India, in English, I guess, mm-hmm. because we're English mm-hmm. readers? Like, where can we find Of course. The, yeah.
3: Yes, of course. Um, for, first of all, it's important to go back and say, like, the traditional, right, right starting with the Vedic <laughs> work, it's all poetry right? Mm-hmm. So there is a very strong traditional of oral uh, storytelling, uh, poetry. It has the longest history written in various languages, right? Tamil has a lot of poetry. It, of course, Sanskrit has a lot of poetry and then the regional languages. Then let's come to the education system, right? And how you get exposed to poetry in India. And a lot of it is exposure to the words, words of the world and Shakespeare and mm-hmm. Keats and Gates and Blake and, and so on and so forth, because the school system is less contemporary reading. And I, I I don't, I think that's probably true of here as well. It's maybe Mm -hmm. starting to change now, uh, but there's a lot of infusion of, uh, classical, uh, poetry. So that's two. And then as you come out of that, and if you do happen to pick up, Oh, I want to do poetry. Right. Then the question is, do you have community and do you have, uh, support and publishing, uh, Yes, and it's growing. Uh there is, however, it's limited to a few cities. So Mumbai was the home of a lot of poetry just because of the language. Mm-hmm. there was a lot of Anglo-Indian, there's a lot of there's a Jewish community in Mumbai. Uh and so there were poems, Nizimizikal, which uh, you've probably read off. If you've not, you should, everybody on the call should read him. Uh Kamala Das, who's I call the original feminist. She wrote in the lines of Sylvia Path, more like a confessional poet. Amrita Pritham is a Punjabi poet. I call her the, the, the original rebel uh, in her poetry. So there's, there's that, right? Uh, but communities and real publishing is now coming more to the fore, uh, Tim. Mm-hmm. Publishing was limited, not as much. So I did publish some. Uh, but there wasn't as much of as many forums. The spoken word, though, was became very popular in the last 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. So there's a very active community of the spoken words. Uh, and I'll then wrap by saying, remember, though, India is a country that's vast and the breadth and depth and the variation between cities, towns, and villages is huge. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what I'm talking about is a lot of what I'm exposed to, which is the larger metropolis uh, cities and it's now penetrating into some of the smaller ones, but may not be as much uh, otherwise. Yeah, that's
0: why it's so interesting to ask about it, because it's just such so varied and, and diverse in, in the way that the poetry operates there. It's, it's really interesting, um, you know, as opposed to here that has so much of a university, you know, academic yes. um, sort of support underneath it all, um, which yes. so, is sort of a homogenization mechanism or something in a way. Yes. Um, so, yep. so if there was a, a journal, um, you know, to check out, is there something you could point us to, to, to read? Yep.
3: yep. Let me, um, I'll, before we wrap the session, one second, I'll, I'll post in the chat, Tim, a mm-hmm. couple of links to a few journals and there's the Sahitya Academy, which is the, the letters organization of relevance in comparison to India. And there's a couple of other good places that people who want to read mm-hmm. can.
0: Well, we we have room for about two more poems and then a little bit more discussion. So, what do you want? Is your second to last poem?
3: Oh, that's hard. Mm-mm. Let me do. Let me do pagri turbans since we are talking about authenticity and language and so on and so forth. And it's one of my favorite poems. And also, I think my father might be on the line listening. So, this is for him. Okay. Right. Pull it up. You have it? Yep, I do. Pugri turbans. All my writing was born into the folds of my father's Pugri, one in each fold of his khaki, cotton, starched, smooth, sturdy. I attempted to shape stanzas with my tongue while my hands pulled stretched, unbound, all the six yards of cloth, unfurling beginnings. I proudly held at one end on mornings when I was called upon to help twist the length. The landscape of that moment had a spirituality, a gravitas. It snatched at my throat, settling into creased circles. My voice had so much to say. Instead, In quiet observation, I gave it all my care, all my curiosity. His prayer had a very specific tempo. I never dared disturb it. I saw an intimate conversation sprouting into the empty spaces of teacher and disciple unsaid. A sacred hum became audible. I heard stories being revealed as elders sang hymns in waves. Gentle metaphors were formed in faith as a circular wrapping. Folded and unfolded words, they became mine. Unborn into me as I held the fabric taut. Was taut letters, my fingers at the edge of a long pagri. He so reticently Pulled at the other. Tugging just so, he said to me, each time we symmetrically styled a turban in performance together. You, my daughter, my poem. Pagri.
0: Yeah, there's Pagri turbans um, from Woman by the Door. Thanks so much for sharing that one. Another beautiful poem. You you, you mentioned they have a new project going on. Um, Do you want to reveal what that is? That that sounds interesting.
3: Yeah, uh, two. One is a very humble, small project, and it's really trying to do haiku for children, Hmm. uh, like toddlers uh, or early school children, on the theme of sustainability Mm -hmm. and whatever's going on with the environment um along with illustrations with somebody so trying to do that again that's a simple a to z right for every letter of the alphabet uh-huh. uh, yeah. but it's funny right you think you'll i i signed uh, we had a quick discussion and the illustrator and I, and we said, let's do it. And we said, like we'll we'll be done, right? Like in three, four weeks, we'll we'll I'll be able to put the haiku down and you can do your illustrations. And of course not, mm-hmm. because when you start editing that and you think of the audience, right? And the subject at hand, like the subject is so important and the audience you want to touch is right at the beginning when you're entering school. So we've like, I've gone through three four rounds of edits and i'm still not done <laughs> with it yeah,
0: um, that, that's really interesting um I, I don't think i've ever seen haiku directed at children before yeah um, yeah i
3: don't think i've seen <laughs> there may be something but no i've i not mm-hmm. seen a
0: lot yeah of yeah and it's so important to get more poetry you know you know quality poetry in front of kids yeah. i think um you know, the children's yeah. books some of them are great poetry and some of them are not great poetry. <laughs> oh, great poetry <laughs> yeah i mean having little yeah. kids that's that's one lesson i learned is that uh, some of the things is, is, is i i just refused to read certain books that my little toddler was come up to me with because uh, I just couldn't handle the uh, terrible like clunkiness of the
3: (laughs) of what was there on the page yeah and actually I'm glad you said it one of the inspiration of course there was sustainability it was like haiku since I was passionate about haiku but there was also like this the way haiku is taught creates a fear for haiku, (laughs) right? Because it's like, you want to put it in a box. You want to talk about the syllabic rules. You put it into all these rules. And by the way, I keep, I want to caveat. I keep saying haiku. I know the purists will dismiss my poems as saying these are not haiku at all. So I would say my poems are haiku-inspired. I'm nowhere re- ready to call myself a hydrant yet. <laughs> uh, but yes, that was, to your point, that was one of the reasons, which is let's take the fear out of haiku and also let's get poetry early. Mm-hmm. And I have a few um, a, a few. Like experimental children that we can probably <laughs> test it with as well
0: and you mentioned another project too. Uh, what's the other one?
3: The other one's still in uh, what I want to do is a poem is a book of poetry letters uh with with other poets um and I haven't got to it yet, but it goes back to the many geographies and the many places that that are my that I call my home or I carry within me and trying to get that aligned together, but doing it through letters with other Mm poems. If somebody wants to sign up, please let me know.
0: (laughs) Well, it's definitely out there now. Um, Okay, so let's finish out with one last poem.
3: Okay. I will pick... um, Let's do Becoming Planets, which is page 37. Becoming Planets... And the, subs- the subscript, this is after Greta Thunberg, and you'll see why as I close the poem. If I could be a planet, I would like to be Mercury, bearing myself to the sun, those times when I need brightness seven times stronger than myself. Or maybe the clumsy Uranus, stuttering sideways self-effacing, but living the moods of my 27 moons and never having to explain myself before or after menopause. I have even speculated Mars. Red in the face, evidence of my travails receding further into my atmosphere, I would mock the men who stumbled for oxygen after kissing me. Maybe Neptune is who I will be, distant, forlorn, and cold to touch, icicles inside my craters, as I paced centuries of black holes, no one to fault, my goddess. I am a planet though, as every woman before, I bleed myself hollow. I swallow my volcanoes. I spin for all before me who were dwarfed. I draw orbits around names of all our departed souls. I weave a Kuiper belt with the fallen ringlets of my hair. I gather our screams till they pierce through the veins of these stars. I repeat all of the above. I rotate. I revolve. I burn. I am born into the firmament above i become my solar system my tears crystallize into brooding planets swaying to the blah 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 of a flawed earth as it still manages to trudge along becoming planets
0: yeah, that was becoming planets and that was one poem that i was wondering how did you get is because the blah 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 quote was it felt like that was like last week how does how did that get in the book <laughs>
3: it it no it was a it was earlier yeah uh, i know it was it, like like september
0: or something a couple, but...
3: yes couple of months earlier but uh yes and i this was it it came about as part of the editing process mm-hmm. ah, okay. so that was that's an example of something that came about as part of the editing process and What I wanted to do with that form, of course it's woman, right? It's woman and that's the obvious thing and it's transition of bodily transition as well. Uh, But there's also the woman and Greta's (laughs) call and it was almost like, Oh, the howling menopausal woman, and that's what the earth is, right? That's mm-hmm. howling for attention uh, for all of us. So that's what I was trying to do.
0: Yeah, well, really cool poems, a really great book, on Woman by the Door. Thanks so much for being a guest, Kashyan. It was a pleasure talking Thank to you as I knew it would be. I'm glad we could have you on an episode, and uh, congratulations you. on this new book.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me, and have a good rest of the session. Yeah, Bye. thanks.
0: Okay, so we are going to take a quick break and go to Open Lines. We have some special guests. Uh, Kim Stafford is here, who had yesterday's um, excellent set of five poems about Ukraine. He'll be joining us. We also have a Tuesday poet, Brian Beattie, um, has, a, has a short poem that we're going to be publishing on Tuesday that we'll share with you. If he can join us, then we'll have the Open Lines as well. Now, the Open Lines is going to be over Zoom from now on. Let me put this on the screen. Um, it's really easy to use zoom. So there's only two steps now. Um, email your poems so I can show them on the screen like I was showing Kassianas, um, to open mic. That's open M I C at rattle.com. And then just find the zoom link, which I am pasting right now into the chat windows. And I'm even going to pin on the YouTube. I can pin the message. So it's like highlighted, um, at the top, um, just click that link and join us on zoom. And, uh, and then I'll go to you one at a time. Just we'll unmute you, and we'll go to uh, to your poems. Um, and then if you want to, just pop into Zoom for a little bit, and then come back to the stream wherever you're watching it, um, so you can you know read along and watch the poems. That would be great too. So um, so sort of just think of this as like you're popping in on hold on Zoom, watch the show, you know, listen over Zoom like you would be if you were calling into a radio show, and then come back to wherever you're watching the stream originally. I'll put, put the link in the, uh, in Facebook, too, and hopefully this will work for everybody. Last week it went really well, um, so here we go. Um, so I'm gonna put up some music, and we will be right back in just a few minutes as everybody comes in to the Zoom stream. And we're back. Thanks for your patience. Um, we have some great lineup of uh, open mic readers, and Kim Stafford is here, who had s- um, Saturday's amazing cycle of five poems for Ukraine. Um, here is Kim Stafford. Hey, Kim, how are you doing? I'm doing well. So good to be with you, Tim. Yeah, it's great to see you. Um, you know, it, I've enjoyed your work for a long time, and this is the first time we've actually published you, so it's really really <laughs> fun to see you in an issue of Rattle, and, and such an amazing set of poems you have here. You mentioned, and you sent... Uh, Additional poems too. I, you know, you said the one. I think the first poem that you had on the list was um, the last one we published, "Calling Home," and I thought, "Wow, we're publishing that poem." And then I clicked next, and there was another one, and then another, one, <laughs> another one. And when I um, and when I um, um, you know emailed you to say we'd like to publish five of them, you said I have five more. And so you're you're writing. Um, it's really part of your writing process, as you mentioned. Do you want to explain why?
4: You know, some of my students, Tim, say with the pandemic or the search for justice or war, um, I'm just paralyzed. I can't write. Uh, I have the opposite feeling mm-hmm. that trouble in the world is uh, an incandescent prompt for poetry, really calls for poetry, uh, rather than being uh, paralyzed uh, as my wife says, talk back to darkness. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> And I think, uh, you know, the, the, the news, uh, well, this is one thing Rattle so beautifully provides a forum for. The news is filled with prompts, uh, really demands for imagination, uh, thought, alternative uh, ideas about what we're here to do.
0: Yeah, and, and so... Um... How do you go about making it actual poems? Because the amazing thing, I mean, you know, like poems that explore something and find some, you know, there's always some kind of itch that a poet is scratching or some kind of thing you're trying yeah. to make sense of and that and lifts it beyond, um, that lifts it beyond sort of just, you know, just, just reacting. Um, and so how do you like search through these news items and find, find, find the poem in there?
4: Well, I think uh, poetry is following the lead of a seed turning into a sapling, turning into a tree. You know, there's some little thing uh, in the news, often at the periphery, uh, you know, something you glimpse, uh, a word that catches you. And I just sit with that every morning, uh, long, sometimes for a long time, Tim, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with the feeling, well, that's nothing. You know, there's nothing. Well there's something. Uh, and then to watch it grow as my hand moves across the page. Uh, for me, that is an
0: essential way to begin the day.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I, I watch them grow.
0: Yeah. And how long have you been doing that, writing a poem every day? Has it been decades? Well, you know, my my dad uh he he was famous
4: or notorious for his uh, writing too many poems, you know, writing every day. And on the January 1st of his centennial year uh 2014, I just made a vow. I'm going to I'm going to write every day. Mm-hmm. And um let say one thing about this uh there's a poet here in Oregon, Elizabeth Woody, who is Navajo Wasco. And she said um The more I do poetry, the less it's about what the poem is and the more about who the poem serves, Mm. you know, who the poem serves. So I've just gotten in the habit of writing a short poem and putting it on Instagram every day, Mm. uh, not knowing who it might serve, but to give it a chance, like publishing in Rattle or another magazine, to put it out there to Mm -hmm. find a reader who can use it.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't realize you were doing that on Instagram. What is your um, Instagram handle so we can Kim follow? Stafford Poetry? Oh, perfect. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. Um, and and you sort of touched on it a little bit, but how does the how is the process of writing every day for I guess the last eight years? How has that affected the the writing process itself? Um, it, Did they come more easily doing it that way, or is it you know, or, or does it make you? Has it done something too? I'm wondering, just like spiritually within you, do you feel better about things because of that?
4: Yeah, well, you know, this morning, uh, before this program, Tim, I was on an international Zoom meditation. There were people in Kiev, there were people in uh, Finland, there were people from all over India, and uh, our leader in the meditation said, uh, you know, as you're breathing in silence, open your heart, open your heart. And I feel like that's what you do when you sit down to write a poem, You you sort of put aside uh, propaganda, news, fear, Hmm. regret, uh, put aside all those things, open your heart, and into that space something uh, steps shyly. And then, um, you know, as I say, after doing this for years, still there's that feeling, there's nothing. Hmm. Well, (laughs) you know, something comes, and I spend uh, a lot of time then revising. What first comes, trying to shape it for uh, so it can serve hmm
0: yeah, well, um we' have to have you on for a full episode uh, sometime soon i yeah, hope you hope you will, uh, but let's hear this poem uh, the um, the five poems for Ukraine right now okay. Um...
4: First I'll read the short one. I was imagining, uh, you know, after reading that uh, there's a danger of Zelensky being uh, killed, mm-hmm. assassinated or executed, so I wrote top hit. But comrades, if we kill him, someone will make a martyr song and it will become the anthem sung by thousands in the streets. First their streets, then our own. And if we put them all in prison, they will sing it there. And if we send them to Siberia, soon, it will be our children singing. You can kill a man, you can kill thousands, but a song. I guess that's my plea for poetry, Tim. You can't kill a song.
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful.
4: Uh, you beautiful know, poem. I had a chance to spend some time with uh, Yevgeny Yevtushenko, and he, you know, he wrote this poem "Babi Yar" for the. Uh, a place of atrocity in uh, in Ukraine, and he said, "I am welcome in every synagogue in the world mm. because of this poem." Uh, okay, so the hard part. It's easy to lie at first; people want to believe you, and betrayal a cinch. You control the first move. Killing is so easy; it's absurd. People didn't see it coming. Even war, if you're the one to start it, goes well for a while. Sure, people hate you, fear you, looking down as they surrender. Once you win, for a thin moment, you enjoy the ornate word, victory. It glitters in your hands like dirty gold. And then uh, I think many of us saw the little clip of the great old lady approaching the Russian soldier saying, here, take these sunflower seeds, put them in your pocket. Then when you die and you're buried, something good will come from you. <laughs> I thought that is beautiful, dark humor. That, that is, is uh, courage. That's a little bit of poetry, you know. Uh, I didn't move like that. So I wrote uh, sunflower seeds. Um, first I looked up, it's the national flower of Ukraine and of Russia.
0: <laughs> oh, really? I sunflower didn't Sunflower seeds
4: crossing borders. Uh-huh. So wow. sunflower seeds. How many do you have? Enough to line the roads, enough to give to others so they can fill the fields, enough to plant in every bomb crater, bullet hole. That would be too many. If you have just one, one can spiral into a thousand in a halo of gold. Where will you hide it in the earth so every seed may declare peace? for a survivor's knees at a brother's grave. Now this next one, uh, Mother's Mending, uh, you know, before I write, I get up at four, take a walk in the dark, Mm -hmm. and, you know, ideas gather, and this little sing-song refrain started to gather in my mind. You'll, You'll hear it in the poem. It's called Mother's Mending. After the tussle, or would you call it a clash... We stitch the torn uniforms you men bring home. Little needle glint and glide. After the cut, or would you call it a gash? We stitch the torn skin you men bring in. Little needle glint and glide. Lead this thread to heal and hide. After the war, or should we call it murder? We stitch the shrouds you men wear now. Little needle, glint and glide, lead this thread to heal and hide. Never ask us to explain why you left us here in pain. And I think I I really got on to a thing about mothers, you know, seeing... uh, the clips of the Russian soldiers calling home to their mothers. And so this last one, Tim, uh, calling home, and it starts with this line from one of those clips when the soldier says to his mother, How can we kill them? They look like us. (laughs) So, you know, when you write a poem, you say, Well, let me see what that would be like. Let me just explore that. Calling home. An old man who limped like Uncle Alexei stumbled, and we shot him. He had a gun, yes, but he wore a cap like the one you knit for me. One wore a coat like father's. He tumbled off a bridge into the river. When I shot one running into the forest, his hands flew up like brother Oleg twitching. I remember grandfather Sasha shouting when he was disturbed too early before his tea. Here a gray beard shouted as we passed, and my commander shot him on his doorstep. One my age, when he was hit, cried out, "Arina!" Who will have to tell her? If I die, who will tell you? I can't sleep. I see these faces everywhere. When my gun is cold, I am afraid. When it is hot, I am ashamed. What will happen to children here?' Like our Slava, Vasil, Ksenia. And if I live, after I have a hero's welcome, Tell me, Mother, after you hold me in your arms, What will happen
0: to me? It's just beautiful cycle of poems, Kim. Thanks so yeah. much for, for sharing those thank and, you. and being thank on. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's appreciated. It's a, it's a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Talk to you soon. Okay, let's go to next. Let's go to um, Dick Westheimer. Hey, hey Tim. yeah.
5: Hey, how you doing, Dick? Well, I'm just uh, at cycle of poems. All of the poets' respond poems uh, yesterday and today were just stunning.
0: Yeah. And it just, uh, these times when, when things are trying and we have so much going on emotionally, given the weight of it, the poetry really comes through. I mean, it's something that we all go to for, for meaning and and understanding and and sharing and and getting together, you know, and and doing something positive at least too. Um, So, so there's been been some great poems in the submissions.
5: Yeah, and and just on a you know a personal basis, you know you you get rejections, right? When you submit, you submit yourself to your own sort of emotional um, <laughs> expectations, but then when you see the poems that were selected, it sort of changes the emotional tenor of 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 that. It's. Uh,
0: well, I'm glad to get to see him soon, too, because of that. Yeah,
5: yeah, That's and, awesome. That's I mean awesome. it is like we.
0: I always have like you know you filter down to like top twenty five, and then the top fifteen, and then the top five, and then and then eventually you got to narrow it down to three or so. But um, so, what was it that you wanted to share?
5: Um, so, time for one or two? Um, let's see. Well, um, let's do two. I think we have time for two. Okay. Uh, so I'll actually do... I sent in uh, two Poets Respond poems uh, okay. this week. A Sword in Both Hands and My Body Responds to Contingent Times.
0: Okay. Let me uh, let me pull that up. And I should say, I think maybe the the rule for this week... So we have 18, 19 people here. Um, we should say probably two short poems or one longer poem. That's what I'll say for this week.
5: Okay. Well, then I'll do... A sword in both hands, and then my prompt poem. Okay. I just, yeah, uh, let's do that. Okay. That'll, that'll work. And the sword in both hands sort of was a was a response to, um and my body responds like oh. times. Oops. Hang okay. on one second. Um, yeah. I,
0: say, I think maybe... Somebody unmute. I got to find who unmuted. people here. Yeah, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. The Bexetic, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Don't, don't unmute it. yourself until oh, okay. I ask. I thought I had it. Let's see. If I, I'm gonna put. it. Okay. I'm gonna put it so people can't unmute, and I think I can still request. That's how it's supposed to be. So I just set I got, it up wrong.
5: I got a request. Yeah. Okay. Um. So. Uh, you know, I'm. I'm fully. Like I think, just about everybody on these calls, you know, fully empathetic and 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 horrified and and sort of approving of the of the resistance steps that the U.S. has taken in regards to um, what's going on in Ukraine, and, mm-hmm. and hope for more. But I also realize that millions of people in the last twenty years have died at the hands of American adventurism—an mm-hmm. illegal yeah. and, and uncalled-for invasion of Iraq uh you know violating its sovereignty a war in yemen that we've funded and supported and
0: Mm -hmm. yeah bombs are falling in yemen right now there are bombs that our tax dollars paid for
5: yeah so uh this was sort and 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 then you know there was that terrific trevor noah piece that was done on the different reception of refugees Mm -hmm. in poland and and germany and some of these other countries so this is uh, in response to that uh called a sword in both hands and dion brand uh, from the epigraph: one is misled when one looks at the sails and majesty of tall ships instead of their cargo we are a camera photographing itself america we are the majesty of tall ships and we are the cargo america We are the jeweled sword, and we are the slain. We raise the blade and knight the brave in Ukraine, America. We bless them with crowns and say they look like America, America. We arm them with garlands of dragon-slaying missiles and javelins of the finest steel. We bear our sword arm, America, and intone our money prayers. We strip the evil enemy of coin and commerce. We are money gods, America, and this we do with the right hand, America. With the left, we hold a mark sword notched with brown bodies, America. We place the sword in the hands of bone-saw kings who do not look like America, America. To slay those who the camera cannot see, because we say, America, that brown and far away are not America, America. Those who have before them other gods than America are not America, America. Their brave cannot be knighted by our jeweled blades, America, because only those we say are America, are America, America. The camera... Can only photograph itself. America is a the, uh, the camera that can only photograph itself. America is a mirror that only sees itself. Is a sword that only slays itself. America.
0: Yeah, I mean, great poem as always, Dick, and uh, an important message too. Um, and so the other poem was uh, for the prompt, which I haven't even mentioned what the prompt was yet. The prompt for this week was, I can't remember the name of the, um, <laughs> the name Discord, of the form. Discord Descord
5: poem. poem. A Descourt yeah. poem. Descourt, excuse me. Yes. Yeah,
0: I'd never heard of this before. I don't know where Megan pulled that up out, <laughs> out from, but, uh, oh. so this is going to be your Descourt
5: poem. Yes, and there was a lot of chatter going on and the little rattle things like, how the hell are we going to do this? Yeah, mine, I, mine is a f- total failure, you'll see in a little bit. <laughs> I I don't know if I followed the rules or not, but, uh, because, I just couldn't, like, make no sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I gave up. (laughs) Anyway, let's hear yours. Yeah, too many questions in a time of disquiet. A naked man perches on a light pole outside a Krispy Kreme. Fire! What do you think about nuclear power? The first crocuses of spring were stepped on by the delivery guy. I have no idea what I will make for dinner. I lied. I do. I don't. I do. I lied. Dead to me, Netflix. Morn is the wordle word today. A naked man will sleep with my wife tonight. Is assassination war? Nothing is. Everything is. Not, are, not, was, not. But were, has been, bought, has been. The world writes a book but does not read it. Through to the end, the end is the beginning. The has, have, but wouldn't the ocean see? If you can understand time, space does not know space is not a place. But I am. I am. Therefore, I think the naked man was me.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that was a good, good, good uh, effort at that Discord poem. I don't really understand the gods <laughs> good effort. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, no, I think it's good. It was good. I mean, like you actually made something of the dis, you know, the the chaos of it, which which I couldn't figure out how to do. I couldn't even. I don't know. It's very confusing to me as a,
5: as a style of poem. But, yeah, you have to, the chaos is sort of like the, the prompt mm-hmm. is, is chaos. Yeah. And, well, and, well, you know, there's, there's enough chaos in the world to feed it. So mm-hmm. yeah, well, good job, Dick. Always a pleasure. Okay. Thanks Tim. Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: And yeah, so uh, we're going to mute Dick again. And then uh, just a reminder, if if you're not sharing poems, there's no reason to be here on the zoom. You can just stay and watch it on YouTube. The zoom is just for people who want to share poems on the open mic And um, let's see, and then and then after you read, you can go back to the um, back to the YouTube page too, and uh, and watch there because there you can see the the full uh, you know Rattlecast experience with the poems and the poet side by side and all that stuff. Um, But let's go next to um, let's go to Joseph Nolan. Hey Joseph, are you there? I asked you to unmute. There you you go. Yeah, now we have you and we see you. Perfect. Okay, just took a little bit. So, uh,
4: okay. let me see, I'll pull something up. Uh, I was, I wasn't aware I was going to be called today. I just, uh, you know, I'm not used to this new thing with the zoom. I hadn't sent anything
0: in for today. Oh, you didn't. But, okay. uh, yeah. So just but to say for everybody again, if you're on zoom, it's just, it's only for, for sharing on the open lines. If you want to just watch, just stay on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter and, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll read one. Yeah, I'll go read ahead. One. Okay. This one is called, Go We Now to War.
4: They have become an enemy, called on us to destroy them. Descend we now, as ghosts borne down by gravity, shadows summoned downward to deliver prayed for slaughter, go we now
6: to war.
0: In the home. yeah beautiful always uh love hearing your work uh how you read it's really fun joseph it's always great to hear you um thanks for popping in oh thanks next time i'll be more ready <laughs> yeah no problem um okay so brian uh Beattie's here let's talk to uh, brian me we'll ask him to unmute and brian has a poem um that's coming up tomorrow or tuesday so hey brian how you doing
7: All right. Thanks for um, taking this poem for Poets Respond, Tim. And thanks for inviting me to today's reading.
0: Yeah, it's really cool to see you. Um, And and this poem uh, is very short, which everybody's No one's had a chance to read it yet, um, but very memorable. It was one of those, you know, tight, small poems that'll like stay with you forever, I think. Can you just explain what inspired the poem, how it came to be?
7: Well, obviously, the Ukraine's in the media... COVID remains in the media, you know, year two now, winter two. And as big as those have been can be and can feel, it's also the little things of winter that can just kind of chip away at morale and chip away at um, positivity. So I was driving home from work last week and I live in Minnesota. Where we have, we take winter very seriously here because it's a serious thing. But we had had some snow melt, and it was one of these incidents where sometimes you see a kid's random shoe just in the middle of the street. But it being winter, there was literally just a snow, a random snow boot in the middle of the street. And I was kind of just haunted by that image and decided to write something about it. And then with Tim's message this morning that, My poem had been selected for publication this week. I also woke to five fresh inches of snow (laughs) as if to just grind it in that we're not through winter yet up here.
0: Yeah, well, we got uh, up here in the mountains of of SoCal. We had a couple inches yesterday, too, and and it was uh, we're we're definitely sick of it. We had a Little League practice and then uh, and then the snows came and (laughs) not fun.
7: yeah. We went from freezing rain to snow, and so under this five inches of snow, there's a nice little layer of ice as well to just make it even more interesting.
0: Yeah, here, well, why don't you go ahead and read this poem uh, that's coming up on Tuesday, Winter Can sure. Go Now.
7: It's called Winter Can Go Now. That child's dirty boot out there alone in the middle of the snow-rutted street has collapsed again like a grandfather's lawn. I watch at the window... Holding my breath for
0: no reason. Yeah, a great haunting poem. It just sits there with you like that boot does. And the the holding my breath for no reason. A great ending. It's a really cool little poem. Thanks so much for sharing that, Brian.
7: Thanks again for having me, Tom.
0: Yeah, take care. Yeah, so that was Tuesday's poem coming up. And now let's go to another um, open lines caller. Let's try to find somebody who hasn't been on before yet. Craig Brandis is here. I'll ask Craig to unmute and we'll see what he's got for us.
6: Hi, everyone. Um, I've had the experience uh, in the last week or so of having uh, beautiful Ukrainian paintings show up in my Facebook feed. Oh, yeah. And um, they're part of a group called, uh, or they're posted to a group called Women Hold Up Half the Sky. And... What's so striking about them is they're rooted in the folk culture and the iconography of Ukraine, but they're so vibrant and they're so full of um, resilience. And one of them just jumped out at me, and this is, this is the one I sent in. It's called uh, On Self-Portrait by Ukrainian artist Yana Movchan. A pink camellia, pinned next to a pale buttoned collar with long, thin points. Tucked into her coat pocket, a red sprig like brain capillaries. Like Mary, she holds her hushed octopus arms close. Over her shoulders, saints glow, wander, and break loose in a north by northeast wind. Gazing between the icons, she locks her tree-light eyes on you. In Kiev is a terrible longing, interminable in its freshness, like the inner bark of trees.
0: Yeah, beautiful poem. I love that. Thanks so much for sharing it, Craig. And let me pull up, um, just for everybody, nobody on the Zoom can see it, but I will pull up that painting. I'll see if I can find it, Um, so we we can share that, too. I think it's this one. Let me, let me see. I think it's this one right here. Um, but yeah, there's just amazing artwork coming out of Ukraine that I, I wasn't familiar with either. So it was really cool to see. I, I totally agree. And then, um, you know, some of the things people have been sharing have just been wonderful. Um, as with that um poetry reading from Ukraine that we had um that Julia held on on Wednesday or Tuesday last week. Um just it's amazing to to see, you know, all the things that you hadn't hadn't seen before. Um so it's uh, interesting. Thanks for sharing that, Craig.
6: Yeah.
0: Yeah, take care. Okay, and now let's go to um mute craig. Then we'll go to um Let's go to Audrey Friedman.
2: Hello, Tim. Hello, everybody. Hey,
0: Audrey. How are you doing?
2: Excellent. Thank you. Okay. So I've got a poem, another high button, called Planetary Pull.
0: Planetary Pull. Okay. And was that... um, Oh, I see it here. Planetary Pull. Okay. Let me... Actually, let me put it in a word doc really quick because the... uh, just because the um, screen is wrongly sized for for sharing. Okay, so so is there anything you want to say about it before you read it?
2: Um, It's one of my favorite forms, and what starts off as something else very often comes... To its completion as a, as a high bun. So, looks like I might have to put a manuscript together. Very cool.
0: Sounds like it. And I think we, um, you know, Megan just gave me a list of the prompts, and this week's prompt is not, but next week's going to be a high bun. So, so oh, we'll oh yeah.
2: I'm ready for, I'm for ready. two
0: weeks for now. You got two weeks, but, but don't tell anybody else. It'll be our secret. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but go ahead whenever you're ready with Planetary Pull.
2: Okay. Planetary Pull. I sat near the foot of her hospital bed, listening to the slow drip of the IV and the never and the incessant beeps from the monitors. My mother was in way worse shape today than all the other days. It was obvious by her labored breaths, obvious by her eyelids that stayed closed, obvious by her lack of reaction to my being there. The hardest part for me was finding words, the poet whose primary medium was words. How can I say I'll miss you when I won't? How can I say I love you when the emotions that I held were oscillating like ACDC currents? I did love her once, like the moon loves the earth. I willingly stayed in her orbit, tethered. I knew comfort there, but things that are that good often have seasons that end abruptly. Sunflowers, bent heads, heliotropes in prayer, never ask questions. Uh,
0: excellent, Hyven. Thanks so much for sharing that. And uh, there's Audrey Friedman, of course. And yeah, it's a great forum. I always love a good Hyven. So, so thanks for sharing. glad you could today.
2: My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, Have a t- good Sunday. Yep. Yeah, you too.
0: Okay. So we'll uh, mute Audrey and let's go next to uh, Jude. Jude Rittenhouse. Hey Jude.
8: Hi Tim. I never hear that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: how you How you doing?
8: I'm doing well, and I'm so grateful that you've created this community. It really feels like a community, what you've created. That's That's, right.
0: that, that's what we always try to do, and the technology just allows you to, to do it in better and better ways every year.
8: And you do a marvelous job with that, and I so wish I were young and had the brain <laughs> that grew up with technology, but you get what you get.
0: Yeah, well, the, the Zoom work is working great now, so don't worry about that. Yeah.
8: So... um i was going to share the poem that i wrote from this week's news okay it's called after watching ukrainian women after watching ukrainian women in a park making molotov cocktails i read ap and bbc coverage nuclear threats Flashback to childhood duck and cover drills Distract, find gifts for great nieces due this June and August. Mull yesterday's conference, the history of land ownership. See trajectories. Men come to believe they can see everything they find, rename, dominate. Thieves destroy beauty they can't see. Ecocide, femicide, genocide—we are born of earth, of women like those birthing in Kiev bomb shelters. Sea, sky, trees, fungi, co-create, cooperate, self-judicate. Hierarchies rise and logically topple. Conflagration, annihilation—those babies do this summer women of ukraine desperate to save their home land earth sky sea trees we spin together like sunflowers spiraling seeds
0: yeah beautiful poem thanks so much for sharing that that was after watching ukrainian women um great to have you on and, and great to see you too thank you Okay. So, um, and just a reminder, oops, just a reminder that, uh, that once you, um, share the poem, um, on the open lines, you can go back to YouTube and then, you know, then you're on the chat there and it's public and, um, you can see the poem along with it. So, so once you go, feel free to leave and go back to, uh, Facebook or YouTube or wherever you're watching. Um, let's see. So we have, um, next let's go to, um, go to, go down to uh, Australia. And talk to Andrew Tredinic. I think he was in Australia, right? Yeah. Hey, Hi, Andrew. Andrew.
9: Yeah, good to see uh, you again. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Andrew, I don't
0: see. I think your camera's not on, but...
9: Oh, I know what it is. It's this thing. There you go. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, good Hi. to see you again.
9: Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I interpreted the desk court thing in an s- interesting way, like... The, um, I, I looked up the, the history of it, goes back to the uh, medieval poets, Viralais and so forth, and they, they talked about having lines that were all different,
0: mm-hmm. but
9: they had rhymes. Oh, did but they? But I obeyed your thing with, <laughs> about the rhymes. Uh-huh. And also I, um, Dorian Locks in her essay, The Brilliance of the Simple Line, um, tests discrete lines by reading the poem backwards. Oh, so I figure if, if mm-hmm. you read the poem from bottom to top and top to bottom, and it works kind of at least both ways,
0: mm-hmm.
9: I thought, hey, that, that obeys your rule. But I could be completely wrong.
0: <laughs> no, I don't know. This is what, I, like I said to, to Dick, I think, this this prompt, I was very confused by the whole thing. And and mine, I just, I, I had an idea for how to make it all chaotic, and then I just decided to write a regular poem instead.
9: <laughs> so I went from less chaos to mm-hmm to uh, i figured you could actually have meaning links between the lines you know mm-hmm. what i mean i tried having a thing that had no meaning links between the lines i thought that doesn't make sense <laughs> anyway so uh, let me let me try it and see what, is two, this what you think hi- yeah, it's two, kind is
0: of this ironic or how to keep going
9: how to keep going oh okay. could, have i got time for two or yeah they're no? both
0: they're both pretty sure you could do both
9: all right well how to keep going is sort of modeled on a, a poem by Barbara King she starts hope poem how to be hopeful look, you might as well know, this device is going to take endless repair, rubber cement, rubber bands, tapioca, the square of the hypotenuse, 19th century novel, Sunrise. And um, she wrote that originally as a a graduation speech, like a commencement thing. Anyway, so my kind of modelling on that is this one. Now, I reckon you can tell that this machine always needs fixing. Super glue, gaffers tape, marmalade, a slide rule or a pocket calculator some beat poets, wait for the high tide. You could try all of them, scissors too. The lids are a challenge. You'll find a ladder can be handy to climb up for a closer look. Drop a plumb line or judge with a spirit level. Level up with your ex while your kids aren't around. Like the mower, it'll start after a few goes. You can run over a buried tap, breaking it off to the hilarity of your family running around the garden or running out the door, just not running late. Ride on it if you can, like the neighbours do. If you're running on empty, you might not make it in time. You can leave some beer out for the wild-eyed dogs of day-to-day to calm them down. Sign up for that subscription. You never know. It could be a good show, or you could take a friend. All in good time. Just give it a go. Too easy.
0: Yeah, that, that was good stuff. I I I don't know I, when I hear the poems that, that you guys are writing, it's making more sense to me. But I don't know, I had a mental block; <laughs> it wasn't working.
9: And if you read it backwards, it almost works. Um, I, I also I need to sort of credit Bruce Coburn for the Wild Eyed Dogs of Day to Day.
8: It's
9: a line from one of his songs, and um, Paddington Bear for the Marmalade. <laughs> Um, so the other um, and one is uh,
0: is how ironic. So is this how ironic? Is this a different uh, prompt or what is it what
9: this? this was this was literally yesterday I was sitting in a um, a food court in a shopping mall mm-hmm. and it was just a couple of observations and speculations. Okay and please forgive me um, for this. there's, a, there's a some sensitive stuff in here, but I, I'm not intending to be um, <clears throat> yeah, I'll just read it okay, read. How ironic. She explains, the street thereafter looks to be perpendicular to the one we're in, as they look to the map on his phone. So they set off to meet up later. Seems ironic that they'd use such a technical term for casual directions. Meanwhile, at the food court, another couple, he has a Playboy shirt on, logo on the front, pleasure first on the back. Yet he looks kind of non-binary from the hair and makeup. I know you're supposed to say they, but we hadn't met, so I'm not sure. So I guess the shirt might be ironic, maybe post-ironic. And she who's with him signals she with the gorgeous pink top and designer jeans, but maybe that's ironic too. And the jeans definitely don't need ironing either. Then off they go happily shopping. Then I look around in the food court. I see all of humanity is here today. Every continent, every faith, every color, every refugee culture, every subculture, every gender, every age. And that's just in the few dozen people I see nearby. In this otherwise generic shopping mall, which could be anywhere. That seems ironic, too.
0: <laughs> really interesting. Yeah, good poem. How ironic. And, um, and what, are, so, what a cool place we live in now that that, that can be the case.
9: Hmm. I'm just struck by the, the fact that anywhere you go in the world shopping malls all, all look the same, mm-hmm. but the people, the diversity is just amazing. And even in my little, you know, neck of the woods down here, yeah, um, incredible cultural diversity and a yeah, beautiful thing. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Well, thanks so much for sharing that.
9: Mm. Thanks Tim for, for having us. Thank
0: yeah. You. Yeah. My pleasure. Okay. Let's go to Nibidita because it's late where she is. I didn't see it on there earlier. Hey Nivi, how are you doing?
10: Tim, I'm doing great, thank you. How about you?
0: I'm doing great. So um, so what do you have for us?
10: I started writing a desktop uh-huh. and then like everybody said, it's <laughs> it's quite confusing. And then I found some examples where people wrote desktop that actually made sense. I mean, there were words, the lines were not rhyming, they had different meters. They had different number of word counts, but that's all they really cared about. And some places say that's all it is. And some go into more details with trophies and things, but that's that's a bit too much <laughs> to do. Uh-huh. So I took inspiration from that website, which said, oh, basically a descot, which according to them, was also written by French people in like the early 16th and 17th century, because I think descot is taken from a French word.
7: Mm-hmm.
10: And back then when they used to write it it was chaotic in that it didn't follow a particular pattern. Uh, They seem to think that that was the reason it was chaotic, not that it didn't, like each line had to be totally independent. So that's how I construed it. So mine is sort of more built along those lines. Like you read it, it's it's sort of the entirety of the poem is one thought process, Mm -hmm. but then each line is sort of of a different length has a different number of words or different syllable count, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, I know we, we're getting so many interpretations of it, Scott, <laughs> that I think ultimately, all of this combined together can make one poetry form by itself. I think
0: so. Yeah. <laughs> well, Why don't you go ahead?
10: Okay. Great. Thank you. Because each poem is different, and no two people are alike. I say, yes, you, no, know, and they go, maybe, thoughts, my thoughts, I mean that are too vast to be contained in a book, rush past the clouds in my head, never halting, never considering the lies you speak so freely, easily and frequently. The thoughts of yours though, the thoughts so carefully aimed, aimed at him, her, them, me, those thoughts are the ones to watch out for, the ones that are too shallow to be even held in a thimble And that are ever stopping, forever considering, the truths that fall, that hurt, that come so easily, freely, and frequently to me. And yet, we each are allowed our own thoughts, our own words, and even our own deeds, the blasphemy, gasp. For each word, each of us, is different and unique, just as this poem is. Different, I mean.
0: Excellent. Thanks so much for sharing that. So um, I don't know that I, I I like it when everybody else reads them. I just don't like writing them. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nibby. Always a pleasure.
10: Thank you, Tim. Have a great day. You too. Thank
8: you.
0: Okay. Oops. And um, let's see next. I think we'll, I'll read um, mine and Megan's poems. I, I, one thing with the new format on zoom is I'm never sure when to read ours, but um, so as you see, this is mine. And, um, and I, I was, I had an idea for how to make it like a meaningfully discordant or something. And, uh, and then as I was writing it, um, I, you know, I was going to have, um, different like sections doing different things and being weird, but then I just, it was annoying. (laughs) So I stopped. And so this is, uh, this is mine here. Um, let's see. So this is, um, a first awake on a cold Sunday morning. I missed the newspaper. Flung to the third step by a neighbor boy down the street and bending there to fetch it for my father, one slippered foot crunching into a bite of overnight snow. I missed the glaze of frost on the pink plastic bag that kept the paper dry and the dumb weight of it flopping onto the kitchen table like a corpse. Half of it adds and inserts Radio Shack gadgets, rows of snowblowers at Sears, the happy woman under her red umbrella strolling fashionably to the mall. I miss them all. Those days I cooked my eggs over easy, two slices of plain bread, lightly toasted, soaking in the golden yolk. I'd set my blue plate set to the side, mar- married to its mug of Folger's coffee, and picked through the sections of the, the bold headlines and fuzzy photos, politics, sports, next week's weather, all of the world right there in the dusty film on my fingers. A lazy sun hung yellow on the horizon, almost but not quite ready to rise. So that was my my uh, newspaper poem, and I, I I thought I'd have like some kind of um. You know, like different sections from the newspaper and the ads, like popping in, and that's how it was gonna be discordant. But then I I couldn't figure out where to go with it. So <laughs> so anyway, that's my failure for the week. And this is Megan's, and Megan um also mentioned in her when she emailed the poem that she failed too but I don't I don't think so I think hers is, is good um and and she also mentioned that uh, this is like the fifth time she's written about crows so she's very crow there's something about crows going on this is crows in the parking lot a scattering of black punctuation across a landscape of rain dulled gray and cartoon red do they remember me Yes, I am back, buying decorative baskets, jars of almonds, candles that smell like birthday parties, and tourists Lou Louis? I don't know what that is wandering windowless aisles in the plastic dream. Crows, mostly I ignore you, because you remind me of miracles. Your frantic hearts, your sudden days of wings, at once biblical and ordinary. I want to think about how this fake plant will distract me from my messy desk and all the things that mess says about me, not your eyes and how they see things for which there is no language. Forget you saw me shuffling past with my groaning cart of distraction blinking in the sun like a cave creature, and I will try to forget you, your primal murmurs, the insistence of your dark rising, eclipsing the red sun. So is Megan's Discord poem, And uh, none of the lines are are, are, um, similar. Um, Let's see. So let's go next to. um, I saw some. We have some people who haven't been on before still. So Nancy Walters is here. Let's go to Nancy and ask her to unmute. Hmm.
11: Oh. All right. There you go. Yeah, thank you, Tim.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you could join us. So uh, where are you calling from?
11: I'm calling from Maine. Ah, cool. the
0: foothills. Yeah, it's always fun to have a a first-time caller's on. So um, what do you have that you would like to share?
11: Well, my poem is called Little Man Look to Siberia. Mm -hmm. And um, what I wrote it about was, um, I mean no disrespect to the people of the Ukraine and the horrors of what's going on there. But um, I'm writing in the appalling lack of coverage of the UN's report on climate change, which came out the same this week as well. Mm -hmm. And how I continue to be amazed at what little coverage there is about the urgency of climate change. So yeah, that's what inspired yeah. this, this little, piece.
0: Little man looked at Siberia. Yeah, go ahead. I'll put this on screen whenever you're ready. Go ahead.
11: Okay. Putin is bombing Ukraine. Devastation is riveting, horrifying. Garners global attention. Media locked on, locked down. Putin's chest swells with pride. He is masterful. Look how everyone watches him. See how they envy his power to kill. If it only a giant hand would reach down from the sky and grab you, tiny dictator, small bad boy, by the scruff of your dirty neck and fling you north to your Siberia where methane craters dot the permafrost like craters on the moon. Putin, you thought you were so smart, timing your slaughter to smother the UN climate change report so your oil crown would stay shiny and we would remain beholden. Well, wear it squeal in grease while you can, before you choke in the midst of methane bombs. Your own desolate land will show you how it's done. Death much bigger and more final than even you could dream. While the rest of us drive away from your ruth, your worthless, crude barrels, dry trying to beat the clock on our silent electric wheels,
0: yeah, great poem, thanks so much for sharing that. little man looked to Siberia, one of the things that I learned i and know why this hadn 't occurred to me, but that that Russia's propaganda was like pushing um, anti-nukes, you know, the anti-nuclear thing in Europe, just because the green stuff relies on natural gas. Um, That's a really strange story. So climate change is definitely tied up into all that's going on as well.
11: Yeah. And I mean, everybody keeps saying, why now? Mm -hmm. Why now? Why is he attacking now? And so in my mind, I thought, he's just the type of person that would be that cynical, like, oh, it doesn't matter to kill a couple thousand, you know, maybe a couple hundred thousand people to keep my oil profits coming rather than let the news get out that climate change is even worse than we thought.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks so much for sharing that, Nancy. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Take care. Okay, let me go next to uh, Stephen Croft.
12: Hey, Tim. Hey, Stephen, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, I'd like to read, too, if I can. Um, and I'd like to say that uh, for the past week or more, I've, I'm very anxious, uh, and but also conflicted. Uh, I desperately want to help the people in Ukraine. Um, But I'm former Army, and I know people who are heading to Eastern Europe right now. Um, Oh, really? uh, Yeah, the Army, it's uh, it's an Army of Soldiers, also an Army of Acronyms and Coded Language. Um, There's something called S4, which is Logistics in the Army. I live near Fort Stewart and Hunter Army Airfield in Georgia. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the local media, there was a story of uh, fort-to-port training, how uh, vehicles will be moved out of Fort Stewart to deploy overseas. And uh, when I deployed to Iraq, I remember seeing uh, an M577 armored personnel carrier, which I was assigned to. Being loaded onto uh, a ship to go to Kuwait on the local media. I was in the army about to go to Iraq, and I thought that may be my vehicle.
6: Mm-hmm.
12: And I keep seeing, uh, I keep seeing that vehicle being loaded now, and I, I'm conflicted. I do not want this war to spread beyond Ukraine, mm-hmm. um, but there is that. There, unfortunately, there's that danger. So. The first poem I'd like to read is uh, To a Poet Going to War, if you've got that one.
0: Yeah, uh, was it the one that, let's see. Yeah, I see it right here in Misfit Magazine.
12: Yeah. Uh, To a Poet Going to War. Close your heart to what you believe. On the roads, widows, orphans will beg. You will be told to ignore them, ignore them. No soft kindness will be allowed the redemption of meaning. On the roads, trade a summer tour of Europe, castles, churches, museums, for a new lesson in beauty and architecture, bombed, gutted, collapsed. In battle, do not ponder what a hope may be worth in the future. There are no moments to go to Free trade musing for scarifying witness. In battle, expect to use the F word, its own kind of poetry, as trained movements drive you like a machine. Breathe every sulfur breath of gunpowder as your last. If it is, no world will be made from a moment. Homer's nymphs won't wail your death in stanzas from sea caves. You will not hear the bullet that kills you.
0: Oh well, wow. that's a powerful poem. Thanks for sharing that, Stephen. That that ending. Uh, Homer's Nymphs Won't Well, Your Death
12: in Stanzas from
0: Sea is Great stuff.
12: Um, and then right. you had another one you wanted to share? I do. Uh and when I thought of this war in Ukraine, I I thought of uh of the epic The Iliad, and I don't remember the title of the essay, but Simone Veil had an essay on the Iliad in which she said unforgiving force is the only and madly venerated hero in the epic mm-hmm. and that was her thesis in which she went through the essay with um, so uh this is called um the world's saddest song remains the same and i was sort of thinking of the epic one of our our oldest existing poetry text. Mm-hmm. Um, the world song remains the same, and the epigraph: "How long, how long must we sing this song?" YouTube. A roadside billboard in my town says, "Pray for Ukraine," and I want to. In the UN, they give speeches, but for room. The bombs continue to fall on city buildings. Smoke and flame fill, light up our screens. And we've seen this horror movie before. Correspondence in body armor and helmets counting explosions, cut to rescuers digging rubble, pulling bloodied civilians out onto stretchers, cut to people in chaotic queues on train platforms, children everywhere, some families bringing their dogs. And I want to help them onto the train, give candy to the child, tell the harried conductor he's a good dog, will cause no trouble, but I can't be there. But I can't close my heart to what I see, and I can't look away because I know war. How thoughts travel one day to the next, thinking of death, how waking is just another day of death, Laughter so rare, it is like a shock, like a bomb when you hear it. Your chest so constricted against gloom, you can hardly join in. And I don't want people to die, and I don't want people to live this way. But I can't go and give any real help more than the foreign ministers and politicians giving speeches. So I will pray, pray for Ukraine. I remember a ruined Russian tank half submerged on a bank of the Kabul River, left there like an open-air museum piece, left there when the Russians withdrew. So I pray for Ukraine, and I pray for the day when every tank in our world is just a left-behind museum piece.
0: Excellent. Thanks so much for sharing that. An important poem, and and definitely I think we all agree here for sure. Uh, Thanks, Stephen.
13: Thank you. Hello Tim. How's it going today? Good. How you doing? Good. Yeah, I had a look We're a little hard time figuring out how to break this poem here and that. So but <laughs> I know. This is amazing. what it came up. With. It's it, was, it was still a challenge. Yeah, it was a little bit of a challenge here and I like your zoom here I think it was pretty good. Last week it took me by surprise. I wasn't there zoomed and <laughs> I didn't have my shave, I didn't have my hair combed or <laughs> But I enjoy it too. But this poem here I came up with it just last night there, so I call it Him. Okay. I'll talk a little bit after here. Dog-eared to the distant hearing, my blind voice beneath strained ears within an unspoken metal, as to time echoes Him inward, tethered to keep to oneself. That's mostly for people who just never get a chance to say anything, no, they're Always getting pushed aside. So, these, you know, I just keep it to myself. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of other poems. I don't know if you want to have time to read them. Yeah, the
0: yeah go ahead. They're short. Feel free.
13: Yeah, yeah the, I call these micro poems. And I can see in my book, uh, Flying Catch the Movie, I got a whole section of these small poems. I like writing them in that too. So, mm-hmm. my first one is called Eyes <clears throat> Glance into the mirror, stare into the eyes. That's where the beauty really lies. Oh, excellent. I like that. People. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody should look at themselves first, you know, that what's inside, it makes a difference. And this last one here, maybe it's for well, it's this time here, it's called Peace. Imagine the dream. That's for the late John Lennon and Martha Luther King. Of course, John Lennon with his song Imagine, and of course, Martha Luther King, The Dream. You know, he always so one of the best speeches I ever heard. I was mm-hmm. very young when I came out and I think it's still powerful. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, definitely is. A great, great poem for this time right now. A very, yeah. very good micro poem. Thanks for sharing those, Guy. Thank you very much. Yep, take
6: care. Yeah, you should have listened to the intro.
0: Okay, so that is um, the end of the Open Lines segment. Thanks, everybody, for joining in. I'm going to end this uh, end this Zoom call here. And um, let's see so that was just wonderful though this once again the skype works really well and we had some great poems um great guests today with um um kashiana singh and, and uh, kim stafford brian Beatty was here it was good stuff so thanks everybody for joining us and uh and for sharing your poems on the open lines it's just always fun to do this now um, i'm going to do the psych really quickly and uh, if you remember the last week's episode, was it last week or was that more than last week? Bev uh, or um, Roberta Beery was talking about. Well, a little bit. We were talking about um, um, the experimental haiku that that seemed to be kind of popular as a subgenre of the subgenre of haiku poets. So I I wrote I this experimental haiku about this news story, which is really interesting. Um, if you kind of think about what's going on, let me try to clear up the clutter here. Um, Okay. So if you look at, if if you read this thing and and think about what's going on, this is um, solar illusion. Um, Coronal loops may not be what they seem. So if you're watching, I guess everybody's watching now. These are coronal coronal loops where these uh, magnetic fields that sort of pop out of the sun. And what these researchers at um, UCAR found was that these things, which we used to think were magnetic and, and so much of, um, so much of solar research is been based on studying these and the way that they move through the solar atmosphere. It turns out that these are nothing but an optical illusion. <laughs> and, um, and most of these um, solar arches or solar, um, solar loops are actually just the, the layers of, um, of plasma sort of sheeting on top of each other and folding to give the illusion of a, of a loop. Um, which makes sense because the loops didn't behave the way we thought they would if they were magnetic. Um, so anyway, it's a very strange article. So, so decades of solar research, if this theory is true, um, turns out to be um, based on something that's a complete assumption that was completely wrong. And uh so so that's very, very strange and interesting. And um it sort of shows a little bit of our hubris. Like we saw these things, these loops, and we thought that they were the magnetic loops we would expect. We didn't think at all about them being folds in a plasma sheet. And so um so what was interesting too is that they called this um it was a study based on modeling, and they called the modeling a product. So I was thinking about that when I wrote this little experimental psycho which is right here, shoplifting the veil, shoplifting the veil. So I don't even know if anybody gets that. It might be too esoteric, but it's a, a fun and interesting little, little experimental psyche. And now your prompt for this week is to um, write a poem about one of the seven wonders of the world. Great Giza Pyramid of of Giza, Colossus of Rhodes, Hanging Gardens of Babylon, Lighthouse of Alexandria, Mausoleum at Halicarnassus, Statue of Zeus at Olympia, uh, Temple of Artemis. Uh, This is the classic list. Feel free to use an updated list that includes different wonders. So write about a wonder of the world. That is your prompt for this week. And uh, next week's guest is going to be Kevin Clark, Now, Kevin Clark is um, just a great poet. We've published a few times. He has a new book, The Consecrations, also a baseball player. So it's kind of a fun or maybe sad poet to talk to as as the winter winds down and baseball season is not starting because of uh, lockout issues. But um, it's going to be interesting to talk to Kevin Clark. The Consecrations is his new book. That is the guest for Rattlecast number 135 next Sunday, the regular time, March 13th, um, noon Eastern time like always hope to see you then hope you have a great week in the meantime and i will talk to you soon goodbye